Syracuse football is off to a 3-0 start. All is great. We're having fun. Things are just dandy. But we can't stop looking for ways to improve. So today, under Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode, I take a look at some spots where I can still see necessary growth for Syracuse to have as successful a season as possible. I'm pleased with what I've seen so far. I'm still looking for things to get better and better because that is how you continue to win. Let's break it all down under Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday. Dive right in. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode. It's a boy OB saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. We're having a good time. Yesterday, we talked about all the fun, the good, the beautiful things about Syracuse's win over Purdue. They take the sweep. They win both games back-to-back years. Uh, This past weekend, a little bit more comfortably than last year that came down to the wire. We know that. We've established that. We've talked about it. Now, I want to point this out, right? Today, and people like to call me negative sometimes, or sometimes people call me over-positive, but sometimes people call me too negative. Today is not a negative episode. But today is an episode that says, let's look at ways to improve. Let's see what we've done, and let's see what you can still grow with. If you want the It's All Sunshine and Rainbows episode, that was yesterday. Yesterday, I talked about the good. Yesterday, I did the positive overreactions. Yesterday, I went crazy. I was having fun. I was absolutely buzzing on your Monday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. Today's episode is a little bit different, and this is something Dino Babers always talks about, right? And he usually gives the comparison of the growth between weeks one and week two. That's where you see the most growth. Syracuse grew from weeks one to week two. They continue to grow week two to week three. They need to continue growing every week the rest of the season. And that's what you want to see, right? You don't want to see your team hit its peak in week one or week two or week three. Or maybe, if you go back to last year, they hit their peak in week five or the first half in week six. And then it's downhill from there. You want to see them continue to improve, continue to grow. And that's what today's episode is about. I want to look at a few areas that I think Syracuse needs to show some improvement in in order to be successful uh, as they finish out the non-conference slate and head in to the three-game gauntlet that is the start of the ACC slate for Syracuse, right? We know it. We know that schedule. We know what's about to happen. And this is not to say to look past Army by any means. Because as Dino Baber said in his press conference on Monday, right, this is a group of fine gentlemen, 1,000%. They're not going to make mistakes. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be smart. And they can come into your place and beat you on Military Appreciation Day nonetheless, right? This is not a team to be taken lightly. But we've been talking about it all offseason season. The Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State trio of games to open up ACC play is very difficult. And you want to continue to see growth this week and into next week 
and into those games without question. The first area, and this is crazy. I didn't think I'd be talking about it this week, but we have to talk about it this week. Last week, I was as high as can be on this group, and that is just the life of an early season and the life of playing a lesser two opponents in the non-conference late to get things started. No knock on Syracuse. I like when they do it, but sometimes you can be deceived. You can be misled. We open up today with the receivers. Last week, the receivers getting as much praise as can be. This week, some scrutiny, some complaints, some critiques. And this is where it comes from, right? You are a group playing without your best player. You're a team playing with probably minus your best NFL talent in Aronde Gadsden. We got the news late last week or early on Saturday afternoon that Gadsden would be out the remainder of the season. Brutal news, tough. We wish him a speedy recovery and whatever he chooses to do next, whether he stays for another year at Cuse, whether he tries the NFL draft, we don't know. We'll figure that out. But regardless, without Aronde Gadsden, the Syracuse receiving core needs to step it up. And they needed to step it up. And you look to the experience. You look to guys that have been, uh, you know, the likes of Damian Alford, for example, a guy who has really been uh, the, the most experienced guy on this receiving core uh, as of late, right? That's, that's what we know. That's who he is. He's got a lot of games under his belt at Syracuse. When we look at uh, the experience on offense, Syracuse's fourth most experienced player with 18 games played. Gadsden fifth on that list, right? Then you scroll down when you look at the receivers. Trevor Pena has three starts in 2022. He's out. You look at your wide receivers. Look at your wide receivers. Look at your wide receivers. Demarcus Adams has two starts amongst his four seasons-ish at Syracuse. Who else? Isaiah Jones, two starts last year, battled with an injury. Amari Hatcher, two starts last year or this year. Amari Brown, two starts this year, right? And the starts for uh, Isaiah Jones were this year, played in a few games last year, excuse me, right? This is not an experienced receiving group by any means. You need to see them step it up though. And you need to see who rises to the top. And I'll say this, a number of names that I thought were the answer didn't necessarily show out against Purdue. In Syracuse's first two games, they had double-digit pass catchers. And I know it's a little bit different, right? You lose Gadsden, that hurts, without question. And you're playing a far better defense in Purdue. I expect the number to dip. What I didn't expect was that number to dip from 10 against Colgate and 11 against Western Michigan to 3 against Purdue. And two of those guys, receivers. The other one is LaQuint Allen at running back. So you had two receivers catch a pass after the receivers got all the praise in the world last week for their showing out in weeks one and week two. Drops, I hate to single them out, but you, you can't look over. The one from Amari Hatcher, right? A clear as day touchdown. There were other drops as well, right? Garrett Schrader threw 50%. He was 50% passing in this game. And as Dino Baber said, as I will say, as anyone who watched that game can attest, it was not on him. Amari, or Amari, uh, not Amari, um, oh boy. Uh, Damian Alford had four catches in this game. Donovan Brown 
had four catches in this game. LaQuint Allen had six catches in this game. Schrader 14 for 28 on the afternoon. Could have been far better, could have had more yards, whatever, is what it is. You need to see the receivers step up, right? You're missing a leader, right? Aronde Gadsden leads by example on the field, making big plays. He's not necessarily the most vocal leader, but he leads by example. And you need to see who steps it up. Right now, the guy that I'm most impressed with in terms of stepping it up is Donovan Brown. And it's a guy that Babers highlighted in his press conference on Monday, right? Donovan Brown, especially with Trevor Pena out for how long, we're not sure, but he is still out at this point. And for right next week, right? He's not on the depth chart yet. So we're still without Trevor Pena until we have him back. Donovan Brown's going to be the guy in the slot, it seems like. He's got speed. Uh, and that's what you look at, right? He's going to get heightened snaps even more so in the slot with Gadsden out. And it's going to sort of be that Moneyball-esque, we're going to use a few people to replace the production of Aronde Gadsden, right? Just like they used a few players to replace the production of Johnny Damon and Jason Giambi, for example. You look at the tight ends in Max Mang and Dan Valari, we'll play the true, more traditional tight end role. And you look at Donovan Brown to pick up the slack that Aronde Gadsden leaves as that slot receiver role in his sort of flex tight end uh, created position uh, in this what once was Robert and I offense and is now Jason Beck offense. Need to see these guys catch the ball. No way shape around it, right? No way around it. No thing dancing around it at all. We're, we're just going to acknowledge it. Catch a football. That's what you need to do. Plain mm-hmm. and simple catch the football more than he did against Purdue, and we need to see it happen, right? I trust this group. I'm not terrified with them, but there's room for improvement without question after what we saw on Saturday evening. Let's take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more in terms of areas that we can see growth and improvement still for Syracuse football. But before that, let's chat with our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com for more information. I would give you a bet of the week. I would give you a bet of the day, but I'm cold as ice and I don't want to put you through that. Okay. I'm not sure I've won an NFL bet so far this season. I'll put my hand up and say, it's been a miserable two weeks to start things off. Maybe week three is my week, uh, but I don't imagine it being that. I got Saquon on a fantasy team. I got Chubb on a fantasy team. I got Burrow, who's been struggling on three fantasy teams. Ah, my teams are struggling right now. It's time to improve. But right now, we look at struggle areas for Syracuse football. Not necessarily true struggles, but places that I still want to see growth, still want to see improvement. I'll give you this info again. If you're angry with me that I'm being too negative today, go back and watch yesterday's episode. Yesterday was the positives. Today is the let's get down and dirty. Let's see where things need to improve, and let's talk about it a little bit on your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode. The next area I want to visit, and this is a quick one, let's talk about special teams. I love the quote, when it happened, 
I played it all the time when I worked at the uh, the Ostrom Avenue podcast as a part of WAER. I tweeted this clip probably once a game in Dino's inaugural press conference. I don't know if you want to say the inauguration. In Dino's opening press conference, he uttered the sentence, we'll have a special teams that is well coached. And I look at this right now, and I look at the special teams, and I need to see some things step up, especially in the punt game. The punt game was very weak against Purdue. Fortunately, you know, because of where Syracuse was gaining possession and because they were scoring a number of touchdowns in this game, Syracuse didn't have to punt all too often. But the opening punt of the game for Jack Stonehouse, the transfer, who a lot of eyes are on and we're excited about, was hideous. A pure shank to open the game up. And I understand mistakes happen. The ensuing punt for Syracuse goes, I believe, 35 yards. Let me pull it up as I uh, as I talk about this. Whatever the number was, you can take 10. It was the 43-yard punt, but you're going to take 10 yards off, I believe, because Syracuse called for a holding on the punt. Not what you need, not what you want, and things that can hurt you. First punt was 20 yards. Second punt was a 43-yarder, uh, yes, with a 10-yard holding penalty uh, to give Purdue possession at the 42. So Syracuse's first two punts of the game, Purdue gets the ball at the 42 and, where'd it go, the 43. Great field position. Syracuse very fortunate to not get beat on those mistakes. Clean it up, right? It's okay. You win the game by 15 points. The team looks good. But those are the things, right? We continue to talk. We continue to circle. Those are mistakes that you don't get away with as much heading into conference play. Those are mistakes that you can only get away with for so long before you've got to snap out of it and figure it out. And I'll put in the mistakes category leads us right into the next thing. And I don't want that to be a knock on Jack Stonehouse. One bad pump, all right? I'm talking about special teams as a whole. Own it in, clean up the mistakes, right? The easy things, holdings, things like that, right? Your penalties uh, on your returns and on your kicks, on your punts, right? Be smart. Do not give teams extra yards in return for nothing. Now, penalties. We talk about them all the time because Syracuse was one of the most highly penalized team in the country last season. Seven penalties in this game. Seven penalties in the – oh, more than seven. Let me find it. I lost it. Penalties. Nine penalties, excuse me, for 105 yards. 105 yards. Now some of those were those those late hits, those low hits, whatchamacallums, whatever. I, the, you know, they're penalties still. They were called both ways. This was not an incredibly officiated game, but I felt like it was called pretty poorly evenly. And that is one thing. Syracuse, over 100 penalty yards in this football game. Teams are going to capitalize on that. They're not mistakes that you can get away with. They're mistakes that you need to fix now, right? They were an issue in week one, too many penalties. An issue in week two, too many stupid penalties. An issue in week three, you continue to rack penalties up. Clean it up and clean it up now. 
right? Dino talks about the, the balance of some of the penalties are coaching things that you can talk about and look to improve in that regard. Other penalties are player issues, right? You, you've got to figure it out. You've got to do some things to improve and to hone in and make sure that things are as clean as possible. Army, not going to make mistakes. Army had zero penalties their last game. Zero penalties. Flawless in that regard. They can capitalize on things, right? If you play a non-clean game and you're picking up penalties and you're giving them extra yards and extra possessions, right, first downs via a fourth down mistake or a third and short jump, things like that, or elongating what is a third and short to a third and seven or a third and six, right? Those are the mistakes that come back to really bite you. Drive killers and drive extenders on offense and defense, respectively. Focus in. Get those things taken care of. Have the discussions and work through it. I hate when penalties hinder this team because they are able to do so much. And they've shown you that they can do a lot. Do not allow penalties to get in the way of your team succeeding. And that is what sometimes Syracuse is on the brink of as we look at this team after three weeks. Right When you're playing Clemson, even in a down year, they'll take advantage. When you're playing North Carolina, they'll take advantage. When you're playing Florida State, they will not only take advantage, they'll rub it in your face because there is not an ounce of me that believes that Florida State will not capitalize on every opportunity that you give them. Focus. Get rid of them. Efficiency on special teams, doing what you need to do, punting the ball cleanly. All right? It's one punt. We'll figure it out. It's okay. But – Let's improve. Let's grow. Let's see what they can do uh, in terms of that. Let's take one more quick break, and then we'll talk about a defensive improvement that I would really like to see out of Syracuse. And you're going to say, oh, a defensive improvement. What are you talking about? I'll get you, okay? Because although Syracuse played a solid game on Saturday defensively, I got a spot where I want to see them clean up and improve just a little bit more as they continue to get into the bulk of their schedule. But before that, let's chat a little bit about game time buying tickets. It's something that can become stressful, but it doesn't need to be stressful, and that's where game time comes in. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. There's flash deals, last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area, plus images of seat views, the low price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. There's so much that Game Time offers you. Forget planning months in advance. They've got deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Owen Valentine, Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. We're talking room for improvement with Syracuse football. I love the start. They're 3-0, but how can they continue to grow 
and get better week after week after week. We talked about the wide receivers and catching the football, limiting drops, and all of that nonsense. We talked about special teams, a few special teams blunders against Purdue on Saturday. We talked about the penalties, nine penalties for 100 and change. Unacceptable. But now we talk about the defense, and you're going to say, Owen, Syracuse forced four turnovers in this game. Could have been more. They hold Purdue to 20 points. They're forcing fumbles left and right, picking off quarterbacks, doing everything you want them to do. Where's the improvement area? And I'll tell you, this is a little nitpicky, but I think it is worth mentioning and worth focusing in on. Because when I look at this game for Purdue and I look at this game for Syracuse, I will say that Purdue was very kind to Syracuse and Syracuse was the beneficiary of some Purdue mistakes, right? Obviously, Purdue is forcing mistakes. They're doing their thing. Or Syracuse is forcing Purdue mistakes. Pressure, uh, being in the right place, proper tackling, punching the ball out, doing what they need to do. No questions asked. However, Syracuse getting four turnovers and causing four turnovers in their own territory, it's it's beautiful. I, I can't deny it. But they are driving. And Purdue was driving every single time. Right? When you look at the drives that end in a fumble, right? Purdue's opening drive of the game. 11 plays for 51 yards. They're on the Syracuse six, and they fumble. Was it a forced fumble? I don't know. Next or the next fumble, right? They go punt, and then they drive. Three plays for 22 yards. That was after the poor punt for Syracuse. They're in Syracuse territory. Another fumble. The third fumble, a seven-play, 55-yard drive. They're inside the red zone, and another fumble. And the fourth turnover is an interception inside of Syracuse territory whilst Purdue was driving. So good news, big thing, emphasize, I'm impressed, I'm fired up, I'm happy about it. The good news is the turnovers and bending and not breaking. That was what we talked about yesterday. The issue had to do, and not the pass game, because the pa- or the run game, because the run game was exquisite in this game. Syracuse holds Purdue to 80 rushing yards in this game. It seems like they were menaces from from start to finish in terms of shutting out the run game, consistent presence in the backfield, getting stops, getting big-time tackles, and forcing Purdue to struggle to establish a run game that they really have been working to try and hone in on. Darton played a solid game. Dennis Jacquez Jr. played a solid game. Uh, Okachukwu played a solid game. The linebacking core was electric in shutting down the run game. McDonald was a presence. Marlo Wax is the nonstop presence. Leon Lowry with a decent game. All of this run defense, I was very impressed with. The short passing game was where I think I can see some improvement for Syracuse. And I will say, this is a good area to have to struggle. I'd rather you have to struggle in this area than you getting beat over the top and you getting beat long. And I will say that Syracuse in this game did a tremendous job of avoiding getting beat long. The longest throw that Hudson Card completed was 25 yards. He had 32 completions uh, for 25 yards. Averaged just about 10 yards per completion. And it felt like 
they really were just consistent seven or eight yard catches. And I'd like to see Syracuse, and this goes to the corners, and I don't want this to be a knock on the likes of Isaiah Johnson and Jeremiah Wilson because I feel like they both played very, very solid games against Purdue. But I would like to see a little bit more efficiency in terms of that short-range passing, those eight-yard plays, those seven-yard plays. And they were right there making quick tackles, and they knocked a ball or two out as well in defense and in pursuit of these throws. But it seemed like Purdue really was able to nickel and dime their way to solid drives, and then fortunately Syracuse escapes by forcing a turnover. Keep forcing the turnovers, but belittle the drives before that happens, and I look at the short passing game. I think they've excelled in the run defense so far outside of one play, right? One play against Western Michigan where a man breaks free for a 75-yard score. They have excelled in the run game this season. The longest run uh, for Purdue was a 14-yard rush in this game. They were really, really staunch in terms of not letting Purdue get going. But I'd like to see them hone in on those middling, not even quite middling range passes that five to 10 yard pass, really being a bit more of a presence uh, and doing what you need to do. And that's me being nitpicky. I'll put my hand up and say, that's me being a little bit picky, maybe even way too picky. But I do think on defense, that is an area that I think you could still see decent improvement for Syracuse. Let me know, am I being too harsh on any of these? Are there any things you wanna add to the list? Uh, I'm impressed with Syracuse. I'd like to see them keep growing because that is what's going to lead you to the most success this season. That'll do it for your Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. I'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit more focus on next week, a little bit of this matchup. Maybe even we'll look elsewhere. We'll see what happens. I don't know exactly what Wednesday will include, uh, but we'll have some fun. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be kind. Make somebody smile today. It's your boy OV saying thank you for listening. I'll catch you tomorrow. Peace.